California's public schools are as diverse as the state of California. We know that there's gaps. We have seen those over time. It's hard when you're working to implement something that's still being designed. I think now it's like real, right? This just got real. Join us on a journey into school communities, big and small, to discover how educators in California are tackling issues of equity and school improvement. This is... This is... This is the California School Field Trip. A podcast brought to you by the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence. I'm your host, Anna Tentakoulis, CCEE Senior Manager of Communications. Welcome to another episode of the California School Field Trip. This month, we take you to the Inland Empire, that swath of land in West Riverside County. That's where educators in one school district have developed a special tool that's helping principals examine data to improve classroom instruction. Also, we get an update from the CCEE's Executive Director, Tom Armolino, who offers his thoughts about the federal Every Student Succeeds Act. And then we bring you a roundtable discussion with folks from three state education agencies in charge of bringing together what are called lead agencies. So let's get to it. Now, I bet you didn't know, but one of the fastest growing communities in the Golden State is Beaumont, California, east of Moreno Valley in Riverside County. Young families are moving to Beaumont because there's lots of affordable housing out there. The Beaumont Unified School District is doing its best to keep up with the influx of new students while also trying to support the needs of every child. But last year, the district received a red performance level on the California School Dashboard for the graduation rate of its students with disabilities. As a result, the district was eligible for differentiated assistance and received extra help through the state's new system of support. The system of support is part of California's school accountability system, and it's designed to provide districts with as many resources as possible so they can improve instruction. Last year, 228 districts were eligible for differentiated assistance. Now, almost a year later, let's find out how Beaumont is beginning to uncover its own solutions to improve teaching and learning. So for this field trip, let's venture to Beaumont Unified in Riverside County. Our first stop, Beaumont Unified District Headquarters. The superintendent here is Terrence Davis. His go-to person on curriculum is... Tony Knapp, Assistant Superintendent for Instructional Support Services. This is my third year with Beaumont Unified. We're spending time with Knapp this morning because he's in charge of a district-wide push to make sure educators dig deep into data to improve classroom instruction. I think for us, the idea is, what is your data telling you? And then what can you do if you don't like the trajectory you're on, what can you do to change that? And so building those systems that are very intentional to make sure you interfere with the bad data, right, so that you can change it. Which is why Knapp says last year's dashboard results confirmed what district officials were beginning to address. And that is the district needed to do more to make sure its students with disabilities graduate. The Riverside County Office of Education reached out to help as part of the differentiated assistance process. I think initially when you're notified, you know, you're like, oh. But Knapp says he soon realized this process was a team effort. Working with these different groups, everybody feels like 
now everybody's in the same boat. We're in this together. And it became a very collaborative model. And that's really the goal of the state's system of support. Instead of a top-down way of punishing districts, the new approach is all about getting educators to work together so districts get the extra help and resources they need. For Beaumont Unified, one of the byproducts of this collaboration was the development of an important tool called the Dashboard Discussion Protocol, which walks principals through a myriad of thought-provoking questions about their own interpretations of the data and whether action plans are truly getting at the root cause of instructional challenges. So we look at a, a protocol like this as something that's really flexible, um, but it gets principals to think about where we've been where we're at currently, where we want to go. For us, the continuous improvement model is you have to know where you want to go, your aspirations, but you also have to know your current reality. That gap is what you want to address. That's your, where you measure your impact, is in that gap. Knapp says when Beaumont educators began using the protocol to really examine its special education data, the next steps became clear. Beaumont Unified needed to adopt a new curriculum, adopt new assessments, expand its mental health program, create professional learning communities for its special education teachers, and provide more training. The district also had to fully staff its special education programs. For district campuses like Glenview High School, an alternative school, that meant hiring a full-time special education teacher. Meet Ashley McGavin. Relationships are key. Relationships are at the foundation of student success. Over the years, McGavin has had to split her time between two campuses, impacting those relationships. But now, she can devote all her time and energy to Glenview students. I feel like I can make a connection and form a bond with my students. And for some of them, this might be the first time that they've enjoyed school and they have a group of adults or an adult that cares about them and they feel like they're cared for. So how do we write that as a decimal? Put a zero in front of it. Okay, so you're gonna multiply. McGavin has a handful of students in each class, which allows her to constantly analyze their academic needs, provide targeted support, help them through personal challenges, and keep them on track to graduate. Okay, so you're gonna multiply this by this, right? Your yeah. principal times your interest, and we'll see what you get. I definitely, I look at the whole child and really try to target where that need is. And for some of them, it might be more emotional support too. So that's where we really focus. We build that rapport, and then we can start getting into academics. Students here say they value that time and attention. 18-year-old Mark Navarrete says he felt lost in traditional high schools. He says Glenview teachers like McGavin are there every step of the way. Bottom line, they give you more help, basically. Like, they give you way more help than you even imagined. And not just any assignment, like, they actually tell us, like, if we're actually learning, progressing, and they actually sit with us and just talk with us, and it's just, it's better for everyone, it's beneficial. And for Navarrete, he's about to do something he never thought possible, graduate. He's on track to get his diploma at the end of this year. I don't know, it's crazy. I still don't even believe that I'm going to be graduating. And he's not alone. Since adding a full-time special education teacher at Glenview, good things are happening, says Principal Bobby Burnett. Uh, we've seen a significant increase in our um, special education graduation rates, and I know that a lot of that is contributed to the work that she's doing with these students. And it's just really that individualized time and attention, and that little push and that little 
uh, sense of hope and that motivation that she's provided has, has spoken. And Burnett says the district's new approach of examining all sources of data and using the dashboard discussion protocol to have meaningful conversations about the data is beginning to result in a stronger system. It really has been a continuous cycle of improvement because our instructional leadership team meets often. And so if something needs tweaked or adjusted based off of that data, I really feel that the district in itself is, is making sure that those needs are being met to support those students. Beaumont Unified is no longer eligible for differentiated assistance through the state system of support. School officials say this past year has taught them valuable lessons in school improvement lessons that they say will help move the district forward. Assistant Superintendent of Instructional Support Services, Tony Knapp, says the work has just begun. Just give us some time. We want to make sure these programs are sustainable and that they work long term. And we want to build that strong foundation. So we're, we're really excited, but you know, we also are realists that you know, it's going to be a struggle and then we're going to build those sustainable systems. We want to thank Beaumont Unified for letting us visit. And if you want to see the folks profiled in this podcast story, head to our website, ccee-ca.org. That's where you can find the video of this story under News and Media. The era of the federal No Child Left Behind Act is officially in the history books now that its replacement, the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, is being implemented for the very first time this year. In California, 781 schools were identified under ESSA for needing comprehensive support and improvement. Now, what qualifies certain schools can get extremely technical, so we do encourage you to head over to the California Department of Education's website and click on Specialized Programs to get a breakdown. Because this is all new, I think it's safe to say that some district leaders who oversee schools that have been identified are wondering what's next and how California's system of accountability fits into all of this. So I sat down with the executive director of the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence, Tom Armolino, to get his thoughts. My first question was, what's the difference um, in his point of view between California's accountability system and the federal Every Student Succeeds Act? The easiest way to look at it is California's accountability system is built around districts. What's different around ESSA, Every Student Succeeds Act, plan is that it addresses schools, and in particular, Title I schools. Given the fact that there are districts out there that have been identified for differentiated assistance through California's system of support, how do all these things ultimately kind of jibe together? Yeah, what's interesting about it, if you look at the data, right, so 781 schools have been identified under ESSA. That's actually about 7% of our schools, a little above the 5%. And of those, 83% of those that have been identified are in districts that qualify for differentiated assistance already in their dashboard data. That should not surprise us because our schools make up our districts. So we know that piece as far as what you have to do. So if you look at differentiated assistance, county offices in particular are tasked with going in and working with the district to try to identify based on their district data, right, where they qualify 
and then really help them do what they call root cause analysis, trying to identify in particular what do they think is causing that, and they're looking at that district-wide. What's different around these other schools is now you have to those schools that are identified, you have to look at that school, right? And depending on where you qualify, it does put a lot of the responsibility back on the district to be able to work with some of their local stakeholders and their teachers and the school leaders at that school to really dig in at that school level. And so in some sense, it's a bit like a root cause analysis. Being that it's brand new, I think we're going to see some real overlap there. I think as folks start to unpack that, I know some folks are already approaching that. And how does CCEE fit into all of this? Are there any extra responsibilities on on our end as a statewide agency? Yeah, I think, remember, we are a statewide agency, which means we're state-funded. We're not federally funded. We do have a direct role with working with districts in the system of support which even in the area of differentiated assistance in county offices, we can work collaboratively with them, and we have a role of really helping and assisting. We are not identified in ESSA at all. We're, there's nowhere in the plan that we are we're in that plan. That is a locally a district plan on how districts are going to work with schools. That being said, as I mentioned, I being that 83% of those, right, those schools are within districts that are qualifying and differentiated assistance, I think we'll see a blend, right? I think there'll be opportunity um, where folks will want to have those conversations around as you're working with districts, right, is there a possibility of also being able to support schools at the same time? Anything that we can do to help support that, we would do that working through county offices and the other folks that we work with in the current state system of support. So I think what I would suggest to folks is, Hang on, you know, we're just starting this ride. You know, I think there's lots of good intention. I really do think our state has done a really an incredible job. We have a uh, groundbreaking system around our system of support. I think they've tried to be really thoughtful, the State Board of Ed in particular, to try to figure out how ESSA fits in that piece. And I think they've done a pretty nice job with it. Now we actually have to do it, unpack it, and try to figure out how we'll continue to blend those systems. Great. Well, thank you, Executive Director for the CCEE, Tom Armolino. Thank you. As Armelino mentioned, California's new system of support is a critical component of the state's new school accountability system. Districts that need to improve based on California school dashboard results can now work alongside teams of experts who will help them uncover local solutions. These teams are referred to as lead agencies. The State Board of Education, the California Department of Education, and the CCEE have been collaborating to connect all of them together under the system of support. It's a massive effort. And so with me for this roundtable discussion are officials from these three state agencies. First up, Sarah Petrowski, policy consultant with the State Board of Education, Carrick Ashley, deputy superintendent of public instruction for the California Department of Education, and from the CCEE, deputy executive director, Suji Shin, and senior manager for the system of support, Ronnie Jones. Let's start with you, Sarah, from the State Board of Education. What were some thoughts and considerations in building and designing this from the State Board of Education's point of view? The State Board really wanted to take what the local control funding formula was all about, which was Governor Brown's idea of subsidiarity, and build this system of improvement for our school districts around that same idea. And that really means that those 
those who are closest to the students know what is going to work in that context and what is not. And so that starts with the school district itself, but then they get to have the partnership of not only their county offices, but then the lead agencies that are going to help them with specific areas in building capacity around the issues that they're seeing within their school district. And so it just keeps everything really connected to the local context that each school district um, is situated in. So could you give folks a sense, maybe Suji or Ronnie, about this idea of collaborating with the State Board of Education, with Department of Education, to help put this all together? Yeah, so uh, I think the ultimate aim of this new collaboration between the state agencies is to really have a greater impact to meet the needs of students and to address inequities within the system. And so by collaborating, by communicating, by coordinating efforts, those are the things that we feel like are really going to better impact the system in a positive way. In the past, uh, agencies maybe have worked in isolation and some of that communication hasn't been what it should be in order to make sure that um, everybody understands what local control funding formula is and how the system will be working and how to deploy resources, how to get support to those areas that most need um, that support. And Suji, would you say this is kind of unprecedented kind of partnerships that we're kind of feeling and witnessing here? I don't want to overstate the work that we've done because I think there's been a lot of collaboration. I want to acknowledge the work that we've done across the state to date. But I do think what's unprecedented here is that we've got a system that truly is focused on creating a single system. You know, we talk a lot about one system, one door, or you know, many doors that lead to the same place. And this idea that we are really coordinating to create a unified system for the ways in which we provide networked resources, that we facilitate conversations across a very large state, across you know six and a half million students to really get a sense of what is needed at that local level and get the right supports to those right students at the right time. And so when it comes to um, the lead agencies, just to help maybe people understand it who are still trying to wrap their brains around it, who are the agencies essentially? Like who who makes up these groups of people who are now really kind of the helpers for many of the districts across the state? So yeah, so there are many um, leads within this structure. And so I think the first ones that we can mention are uh, the geographic lead agencies. Um, There are nine county offices who've been identified as leads to represent seven geographic areas and they will be supporting the other county offices within those geographic areas who then provide services to their local school districts in order to improve the outcomes for students. So there is the geographic lead agencies. There's also, and I'm reading from a list here, the Community Engagement Initiative Lead Agency, the Special Education Resource Leads, the Early Math Initiative Lead, the School Climate Lead, the Title III English Learner Specialist Lead, and Equity Lead Agencies. When it comes to districts and schools, when we think about those LEAs, why are these leads important and why should LEAs care about them? So the State Department of Education has had a long-standing relationship with county offices. With 10,000 schools and 1,000 school districts, it's just not possible to get hands-on into uh, the schools and the school districts. So we rely heavily on the county offices uh, to provide a number of different services, including a lot of professional development. 
So what Governor Brown did in, in his last budget was to provide additional funding to county offices to extend those services that they've already been providing and just take that next step to be more heavily involved in the strategic planning that each school does through their local control and accountability plan and to, to work side by side with them so that they understand how to look at their data from the California School Dashboard, identify weaknesses, work with their local stakeholders, and design a plan that everyone can support. And then the county offices are there on a long-term basis to help them. So the lead agencies then help us at the state level coordinate the work so, it, so that it is consistent across the state. If you think of it as a high school, uh, a high school principal doesn't meet with all 60 or 80 of their teachers. They often have department leads, and they'll meet with those department leads with the expectations that those leads will then turn around and communicate with the teachers that are in their departments. So it's much the same. Suji, did you want to maybe um, add to that perhaps? I stand by everything that Karik has said and what we've outlined. I think really what the geographic leads and our lead agencies intend to do is provide an additional layer of support that's available. Layer of support, layer of expertise, layer of resources that are now available to uh, districts, other county offices, um, and schools to think about how they can get access to the information, tools, and resources they need to better support their students. Um, I also think that uh, districts will care about uh, these lead agencies because the lead agencies will not only be helping to identify um, issues and problems within the system, but also identify what's working within the system. So often um, school districts can feel isolated. They don't um, have examples of what might work. They might be faced with shifting demographics or other issues that are um, new to them. And so the geographic leads, in addition to the other lead agencies, will be able to connect them across the state to practices that actually are working to provide services to students. And so just um, to maybe give some people um, or the folks some examples of that. So say I'm um, District A in you know, Southern California, and I'm really struggling with helping support English language learners. Um, so how does this process kind of unfold and work? Yeah, so what might happen in that situation is um, if a district is struggling with their um, English learners, and maybe that is showing up on the California Schools dashboard in the form of a high suspension rate. So they might reach out to their county office, who then is working in collaboration with their geographic lead in order to identify a school, maybe in Northern California, might be in Southern California, that has a similar de demographic pattern that has struggled with the same issue. And so then those lead agencies and the county offices might be able to connect that school with another school to be able to talk through how they address the issue, how they saw the issue, how they engaged with their community in order to come up with innovative solutions. Sarah, this is obviously part of California's kind of bold new approach, right, to school improvement, and we're really blazing the trail here. Could you just talk about the significance of this new way of doing things? This is definitely an acknowledgement that the old way of doing things was not working. And instead of trying to continue to go down that road and figure out if we could tweak things here or there to make it start working, um, everyone said, you know, we need to 
do a 180. And that started with LCFF. That started with the way we defined our accountability system in California. And that's really continued. We've continued that through line with the system of support as well. Did you want to add? Prior to LCFF, uh, the state really allowed itself to be driven by the federal government and their top-down approach and very prescriptive approach to resolving issues at the school level when performance wasn't as good as it should be. And, and so with LCFF, California decided to take the reins and instead of a top-down approach, really empowered those at the school and district level uh, to take the ownership and the responsibility for looking at their own uh, communities, their own issues, their own data, and design uh, solutions for themselves. If a school is not performing well in English language arts, there could be a number of reasons for that. It may be materials, it may be instruction, it may be professional development, it may be teacher turnover, it may be attendance, it may be <laughs> a lot of different things. And so for someone at a state level or a district or a federal level to decide for a district what their solutions would be was not very successful. So we're pushing that down for districts and schools to be able to resolve those issues and have the capacity to uh, implement those solutions. That was Carrick Ashley, Deputy Superintendent of Public Instruction for the California Department of Education. With him was State Board of Education Policy Consultant Sarah Petrowski. And from the CCEE, Deputy Executive Director Suji Shin and Senior Manager for the System of Support, Ronnie Jones. And as a side note, the lead agencies recently came together for their very first kickoff meeting. To check out some pictures of that first meeting, head to our Twitter account. Our handle is CCEECA. And that's it for this episode of the California School Field Trip. Next month, we'll talk about the power of professional learning networks, or PLNs, and how they're shifting mindsets. I'm Anna Tentopoulos, CCEE's Senior Manager of Communications. Thanks for listening.